0: Oh yeah. singing the same old cowboy song. Good morning. Yeah, baby.
1: Welcome to our house. To Rosie on the house. Grab your coffee. Join us on the back patio.
0: Pretty morning for that. Oh man, desert <laughs>
1: floor is cooling off. Sun's coming up later perfect time for you to join us for a visit. Join us. I'm Jennifer Romero. have a crew here with us this morning. We have Mr. Gary D., our broadcast engineer. He's bopping around back there and spinning dials behind the glass. We have our son, Romy. Romy's our partner in the Rosie on the House Endeavor, and he juggles that with his life as beside his sweet wife, Amanda. On the Whitman Plantation <laughs> with the joys of their small urban farm and four budding junior rodeo stars. Watch out. And Rosie, my loving and patient husband, mm. who has spent the last 29 years educating and entertaining our Arizona homeowner uh, friends and family.
0: Good morning, y'all. I was just scrolling through a few little websites here and I'm seriously distracted.
1: What are you scrolling through?
0: Sanderson Ford has a 2017 Ford Mustang clearance sale going on right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that would distract you. Yes. That's
0: distracting. Hey, hey, somebody got a hold of our friend Don Ryden. What do you mean, Romy? You remember Don's uh, idea of uh, uh, breweries in the state parks? Mm-hmm. What, what he had a name for it? I don't recall the name. I do remember we brews in the s- woods. We, we discussed something. it over a brew at Mother Brunch <laughs> Brewery. <laughs> but well, I don't remember the name. Well, somebody has captured his idea. Next weekend, one of my favorite little state parks, Tonto Natural Bridge. Mm-hmm. Just remodeled the old two-story framed lodge that's there and, and 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 they had a soft opening a few months ago. But next Saturday, they're going to have the taste At the bridge. And as you pull in, as you leave Payson and you're heading up towards Strawberry and and Pine, just as you're pulling into Pine, there's a little place on the left called That Brewery. Well, That Brewery is going to set up a wine and beer tasting with live music and auction and shuttle service to and from Payson and Pine. Next Saturday, the 23rd, from 4 to 7 p.m., at Tonto Natural Bridge State Park, tickets are fifty bucks. You can find out more about it at TontoNaturalBridge.org forward slash Taste at the Bridge. So that that is a great setting. They've they've done so much. The state park has done so much about finishing off that building and. All the property and dressing it up.
1: And fixing the stairs down to the bridge, actually. That's
0: right. And fixing the stairs. I mean, that had gotten back in the nineties, that had become a very, very tired little park. <laughs> it was it was hurting pretty bad. So somebody got the idea. There's another one, Born and Brewed Beer Batter Battle. So Prescott's got the all-Corvette car show next weekend. Mm. So a couple things going on around the state. Always. We've got a pack show for y'all today at 10 o'clock. We are going to be addressing a topic that has literally inundated our office in the last 30 days. Did you get a chance to read through Lou's email? Uh, Lou? Or, or no, no, yeah. not email. That's got whiteout on it. That's, that's a typewriter. This, this is four pages of a typed-on typewriter IBM Homeowner rant. Woo! <laughs> Lou is upset at APS.
1: I think he has some valid points there.
0: And uh, I think most people right now are just confused with the new rate that got passed by the Arizona Corporation Commission. So we're going to be addressing that at 10 o'clock. And those of you that are confused... Can tune in, and by the end, we promise you'll be mad. <laughs> <laughs> this is not good. But well, we'll address that at 10 o'clock. Nine o'clock will be open hour. And what we do is we invite any of you that have a house, home, castle, or cabin with a project, give us a call, and we we'll see what we can't do to help you through it. At eight o'clock, we have Mr. John J. Harper coming in, and Romy and he will be taking charge of the outdoor living segment where we take care of anything having to do with your lawn, garden, trees, hedges, hardscape, softscape. It's time
1: to plant that fall garden. Lots to talk about.
0: (laughs) And then the seven o'clock hour, we just get to do whatever we want to do.
1: We look for interesting people, places, and things all around Arizona. And I am always on the lookout for good stories. And boy, are there a lot of them out there. And I'm I get to get out and meet people and go to different events. In the summer, I went to the Arizona Farm Bureau Women's Conference, and I met a kindred spirit. Um, this is a, a woman who's very passionate about preserving Arizona history of our ranchers and farmer, farmers. We have Miss Carol DeCosmo, and she's a Glendale farm girl from back in the day. <laughs> back in the day when there were farms. Yeah, and she's the founder and director of the Arizona Farm and ranch experience, and the Arizona Farm and Ranch Hall of Fame, and she's got a lot to share with us in her passion about about these different stories. Good morning, Miss Carol. Good morning.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your your background.
2: Well, I grew up in Glendale. Um, I live on a two acres now, about a quarter of a mile from the little five acre farm I grew up on. Um, it was surrounded by. Dairies and farming and you know vegetable farms. The Japanese grew tomatoes and cucumbers next door, and there. Did was you also- know?
0: Did you know Ming's farm?
2: Yes, yes. His
0: his daughter works for us.
2: Is that right? <laughs> I wish I wish she was back farming. <laughs> you can't get good beet greens. You can't get good corn anymore. It's just a it's just a passion in the West Valley, and we miss Ming. I mean, we really miss Ming. He was just. Uh, they're building houses on his farm. Yes. Breaks my heart. Yep. But anyway, it's, uh, I just, I grew up there. uh, Like every, went to Glendale High School, class of 59, um, got married, moved to Phoenix, uh, married a city boy, moved to (laughs) Phoenix. And uh, we lived over in the path of the, the State Route 51 for 23 and a half years. And then we moved back to Glendale, where we had always had land. And we, my husband was a contractor, and we had a we had property there. So we moved about a mile up the street from the office. I was teaching at Phoenix College, computer graphic art and, and drawing. And uh, once you move back to Glendale, and they know you're a Glendale girl, you're immediately recruited recruited <laughs> to serve on something. So I got recruited to serve on um, the Glendale Arts Council, which was fun. You know, spending, uh, buying sculpture for the parks and, you know, paintings for the libraries. That's fine. But uh, they were starting to—many people have been there to Sawa Ranch uh, in Glendale. It's an 1885 homestead. It was established in 1885, and it's, uh, it's an amazing place because it was purchased and homesteaded by a very wealthy man from from um, the east. Um, it, they, they needed to start all over again. The buildings needed to be restored. Um, we needed to go into what, kind, what they grew there besides— uh, grapes and figs and
0: i mean he had he had just about everything there at one they, time they did I They mean, did. it was grapes it was figs it was cotton it was citrus grain. it was pecan it was mm-hmm. grain but uh he was wealthy enough it was he and his brother right
2: he and his brother his brother had a, uh, his his uh section of land was where apollo high school is now and he just grew figs and that's why they had to build the fruit packing shed because you, <laughs> figs don't travel well you know and there was there was really no train in or ice plant in glendale then so they had to dry everything so we had this big fruit packing shed we had a two-story foreman's house that he built um they had the main house they had the guest house which they had to build quickly because his son willie had tuberculosis and they wanted to spend the winter here
0: and they could do all this because he had be- because because he had money he he invested heavily yes but the ariz it was the arizona canal yes it all just yeah. delivering water all the water he needed yeah. just delivering the water to the property and the arizona canal follows the hand dug canals of the native americans the ho-ho canal.
2: exactly wow.
0: It's incredible.
2: Well that that whole story of WJ Murphy, he had to go raise the money. He had a contract to build that canal, but he had to go raise the money in the east so his wife and his kids and his brother built the canal out here while he's raising money to pay the workers. And there it, it was it's an easy that you ever wonder why the every, people wonder why everything is a mile apart, it's because it, that was the easiest way to build, you know, the the the, the, the laterals that came down from the Arizona Canal. So you got involved in, in, in helping restore the Zora Ranch? We did that. I mm-hmm. developed the furnishing plan, and then when they were ready to, I was appointed director when they were ready to open it up for business. And when I, was
1: that? When, it's been
2: 1996. Open. Okay. I was there 10 years, 1996, hired staff. We created, we had historical exhibits, and that's when I got really fascinated with with collecting Arizona ranchers, farmers, and ranchers histories, and that's we did a new exhibit every year. You know, pioneer Arizona women, um, farming and ranching in Glendale, businesses of Glendale, and um, being a note, a naturally note. I'm a woman. <laughs> Tell me your story. Yeah, we love
1: our stories, don't <laughs> we? Yes, we do.
0: The Arizona Farming and Ranching Hall of Fame. Now we've got in our hands right here, Volume One and Volume Two. You've been nominating. It looks like no oh, six or seven or inducting six or seven families a year now. Seven, seven a year. Seven, okay.
2: seven. Sometimes eight if eight. there's a, if there's a special person that's contributed to agriculture. Five living, two posthumous, and then one extra if if that person if there's a person there.
0: And then uh, that goes starting back in two thousand
2: eight. We publish and- every five years.
0: Reading through the the <coughs> names, it, it, it's like reading through the. Uh, it is reading history of Arizona. Who. The who's who it
1: of Arizona is. history. Mm-hmm. How many volumes are there now? Two. 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 two so This volumes. is the second one this mm-hmm. year. Okay.
0: But we go back to the 2008 honorees, and uh, I mean, one of, one of my good friends is Paul Rovey, and you've got oh, his yeah. dad yep. Emil Rovey. What a what a great story they have.
2: It's a it, it's a great story. It's an amazing story.
0: That year, y'all also honored Mr. Robert Crantz, yep, the rancher that was murdered. unfortunately murdered. Yes, on his property and down, his dog and his dog down on the on the border near uh,
2: Douglas. Douglas. Mm-hmm. That now was that's, a- now that's a story that the Krentz family they came here uh, and settled first up in Winslow, and they had a they were raising cattle. And then they realized that they were in the wrong end of the state because the the farm the the miners down in Douglas needed meat, so they they drove they sold they drove their cattle down to Douglas and opened a, a meat shop. Winslow and would they,
1: have been awful lonely back then too. Oh boy! <laughs> it's lonely now.
2: <laughs> yeah, but can I mean, can you imagine no. taking your cattle from the northern part of the state to the southern part of the state, and they're still down there? I mean, they've celebrated Prince Ranch has celebrated its well, it's probably hundred. 105 years now, something like that anniversary.
0: Now, have you, have y'all, I I don't see the Hooker family recognized yet.
2: They have, you have to be nominated. We don't, we don't select. Okay. We put out a call for nominations and the nominations come to us. Okay. I select seven people independent. We'll talk about that a few minutes more when we get back,
0: huh? Seven independent for the nominating committee.
2: For the the selection committee.
0: For the selection committee. All Mm -hmm. right. Very good. Carol, we'll be right back. Okay.
1: Welcome back. Rosie on the house, where we're visiting with Mar- Ms. Carol DeCosmo, founder and director of the Arizona Farm and Ranch Experience in the Arizona Farm and Ranch Hall of Fame. So we're kind of talking through this Hall of Fame um, project you've got going on, and what I think is really interesting, Carol, is what the criteria is for nominating. So you, people bring nominees to you based on what?
2: Well, it's up to them, because they come from outside. We put a nomination form, and it has to be, they have to be a farming, ranching, an educator, or someone who supports agriculture. This year, we selected Ben Butler, who was a vet back in the, in the 40s and 50s here in Arizona. And, um, you know, you can't get along without a vet. As his name kept coming up and coming up, and finally I realized that he was the father of somebody I went to high school with. Uh. But you have to – that's that's how it's – we don't make – that's the criteria. You have to be in farming, ranching, you know, and we have the special contributions to agriculture for bankers or people who supported ginning companies. And we choose seven – I choose seven people for the selection committee, two farmers, two ranchers, two people from outside the business, so we have an unbiased look at it, and then someone from that's been selected from a prior year or a member of their family. So we kind of get a nice mixed bag, and uh, sometimes the selections go really easy, and sometimes there's a lot of conversation in that selection room.
1: And as you're trying to narrow it down into the the finalists, you're looking at contributions they've made to agriculture. Right. To the community, Mm -hmm. and so many of the ranchers and farmers, you think of them as being so busy on their farms and ranches, and they are, but somehow they find time to make contributions to the community as well. Well, they serve in the legislature. They serve on school
2: boards. They serve on their churches' boards. They, um, you know, do everything. Um, They're environmentalists. They're environmentalists.
0: And this was all done without cell phones for a lot of (laughs) times. Look at the stuff they got done. Or computers. Or computers.
2: That's right. Absolutely
0: incredible. And and I serve on a board of a group called Wildlife for Tomorrow. <laughs> and we recognize families throughout the state of Arizona who coordinate and cooperate with state agencies with the land they own to the benefit of wildlife. So we can all have the, the elk and the deer and the antelope, the javelinas for generations to come. That's true. You wouldn't believe how many names you've got in your Hall of Fame that have also landed in our Hall of Fame.
2: That's true.
0: It's a just real, the the real definition of conservationist.
2: That's true. That's true. Pete Brawley and Safford, uh, he builds uh, feeder dams uh, on his ranch so that when the rains, it comes down, it fills up the dam behind that, and then it's. Trickles on down, and that's why he has water for his cattle, and he has water for the deer, and the elk, and the javelina, and whatever else is on is on the ranch. It's that's they're really conservationists. They they were they were doing conservation before conservation was cool. <laughs> yeah, before conservationists were cool. And that's true.
0: A, a couple of the families that might just jump off the page at you. If, if I'm, I'm I'm just scrolling through the books here, one or two that just.
2: Well, I think Howard Wirtz uh, down in Coolidge, when he developed his underground watering system, was is pretty amazing because people come from all over the world to look at what he's done. Um, he was, uh, water was getting, was getting thin, and so he was appointed to um, the CAP board. But while he was doing this, he developed um, an underground watering system. They put the They widen the rows to 40 inches so the equipment could get down through it. They bury the pipes in the ground, um, and then they can harvest and everything right there. They saved um, 50% of the water, and they increased their yield 30%. And he can grow cotton, grain, melons, anything they want to grow that way. And people come to visit him from any one of the countries that have in Africa, the Middle East, well, not so much the Middle East anymore, but, but uh, when it, did he
0: when did he innovate that? Was that the seventies?
2: Yeah, no, it was it was earlier than that. Was it, it? it? Was well, it was after he came back from the war. He went to U of A, and then he um, it's called subsurface ir- irrigation. I want to say it was in the sixties. He started that.
0: It's it it's basically what we do around our homes when we <laughs> go to drip irrigation. That's true. In, in, instead of hmm. the old flood bubblers. You just deliver the water where it's needed to produce the crop you're working
2: on. And it, it, it's, they don't have to take so much work in the field. Because the, the, the um, um, weeds don't grow where they don't get water.
0: That's right. The Wurtzes.
2: The Wurtzes. Howard okay. Wurtz.
0: When we come back, we have three women in particular we want to highlight and talk about their contribution to Arizona farming and ranching. <clears throat> At Rosie on the House.
1: Back to Rosie on the House. We're enjoying a conversation this morning with Glendale Farm Girl, Miss Carol DeCosmo, (laughs) as she shares about the ranchers and farmers of Arizona. We've covered a couple already this morning, just their contributions and how how they choose the the winners of this hall for this hall of fame that she's got going?
0: Well, I hope you've made good enough friends with her that we start getting invited to the dinner. <laughs>
1: well, it's March third at, at the Wigwam. I have at it on Wigwam. my notes. Yeah, That's I'm, right. I'm gonna I was it, gonna I was gonna push her for that.
2: Actually.
0: Is it open to the public or it by is, invitation? It is, it is.
1: It is. We do send out invitations, but it is Great. open
2: to the public. Okay, if you'd like to come. We'd love to. If you'd like to eat Arizona beef and Arizona vegetables. <laughs>
0: That's That's what y'all serve up. That's what we serve.
1: (laughs) We love hanging out with anybody has to do with farming and ranching in Arizona. Absolutely, we had the Currs in last week. Just wonderful family. We enjoyed Dairy. (coughs) Excuse me. We enjoyed visiting with. But we're going to talk this segment about (laughs) three women. (laughs) Who um, honorees you said? Uh, yes, for the, for the yes. nomination. Mm-hmm. So tell us about those ladies. Well, the
2: first one was Wink Kriegler from, from up in the Greer area. She was she's Molly Molly Butler's granddaughter. So the everybody at the X Diamond Ranch. It's just an amazing place. When you go there, um, you see that you see what the work she's done on the forest. You see what the work she's done on the land around it. Um, when they had the big fire up there, the X Diamond and the South Fork, which belongs to her sister, those were the ones that didn't have any forest burned because they cleared their forest area out. but it's it's amazing. It, but she's, again, she's a very community minded person. She works with U of A to improve the drainage on the on the little Colorado that comes through her ranch. Um, she works with the school board. I mean she's again, FFA they're all
1: she's another community minded person who We gives, did we did get, had the pleasure of meeting Miss Wink mm-hmm. And now I see her name everywhere. I realize we've missed yeah. out. We have missed out. It's, it's new to she's new to us, but she's not new to Arizona. No, she, she's not. Her history is so greatly entrenched. And she, we just we made reservations, kind of showed up, not knowing what to expect. She greeted us herself at the door, mm-hmm. offered us a tour. She's passionate about saving preserving family teacher. history. She's yes. a teacher. So we're like, yeah, we we have a half hour for a tour. You know, it's an <laughs> hour and a half. She has these these cabins that she's filled with memorabilia of Arizona, including. I think like six Nickelodeons, the big music boxes mm-hmm. with all the different instruments, and so she would turn them on, and we'd think, "Oh, she's going to play a little bit." We got to hear an entire song out of each. <laughs> they're all working, mm-hmm. um, so she just uh, talk about energy. I, I can't imagine how she gets done what she gets done. Beautiful cabins to stay in there. I at mean, X her diamond. Her
0: her family has basically lived on the Little Colorado River for a hundred years.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So I mean, she know she knows the turf up there.
2: <laughs> you go to wink. If you have a question, you go to Wink. She's got the answer, or she knows somebody to send you to. She's just. We did Wink, and then we went on up um, the road to uh, um, Dick Udall's house and uh, interviewed him again. Yes. He's another person up there that that has farmed and ranched in that area. His family's been there for almost a hundred years. Sure. And um,
0: Mo and Stewart. And- his well, rest he's their family. Cousins, they're, yeah, cousins. All they're cousins. They're
2: all, they're all cousins. And his son Chris is the director of the Arizona um, water Arizona Water and Council. The and and he's a he's he is a true lobbyist. The whole family is is amazing. So, I'll
0: have to I'll have to look him up and buy him lunch. We have we have property in Arizona right on the New Mexico border. I mean mm-hmm. on on the San Francisco River. Mm-hmm. And on our property, we have this water that bubbles up out of the meadow and and, and feeds this whole meadow. It's just mm. our little slice of heaven. And so I wanted to build a little dam and put some fish in there and for the grandkids. So I got to talking to the locals around there and they said, well, you'll have to go to Sacaton and talk to the Gila River Indian tribe because that water belongs to them. Yes. <laughs>
1: It does. So we just get to watch it bubble along. We, it's it's we, great, we, though. It's still it, charming. It, it, do,
0: it does irrigate our feel, but we cannot divert it. We mm-hmm. cannot store it. We cannot do anything to change it or impact it. But.
1: Well, how about how about? Okay, so that's Wink was the first woman. Yes. Who's the second one? Gloria England. She's in. She's down in um, um,
2: Florence, Coolidge area, and. Um, she was, she was raised in, uh, up around in the mining area. She went down to work um, by Williamsfield during the war, met a pilot, and she um, had twin boys, went on to Mexico when he, New Mexico, when he was moved there. He died. And when she came back home, uh, her aunt that lived in L.A said she didn't want her just to come home and you know just mold her way in Arizona. So she went <laughs> to Los Angeles and became a department store model. Back in the early 50s when the models, but she, did, she didn't like L.A. and she didn't want her boys to grow up there. And she said, I was never going to be a magazine model because I'm not tall enough. She said, but they don't understand that not every woman is a 5'8". So she came back home, <laughs> married again, and moved down to Coolidge. And they, they're cattle ranchers. Um, they brought out her picture. She's still a lovely woman. And she's she's in her nineties now. And wow. uh, when they brought out her modeling pictures, my husband who was with me doing the interview kind of backed up and went, whoa. <laughs> she was a red-headed stunning, beauty, huh? and yeah. she is still stunning at that age. She's just amazing. And the third person was selected this past year, and that's Bobby McDermott. Bob Roberta Stevenson McDermott. She graduated from the U of A and she's a soil conservationist. She's the first female soil conservationist in in the state and uh, she's just she's just amazing she's uh still active still very busy even though she's retired um she got married and uh, she's a bass fisherman <laughs> and she uh-huh. has her own boat and they, she and her husband fish in you well, they live in yuma and they fish in yuma
1: but tell um, me a little bit more about what that looks like as a soil conservationist so she's educated she, in that area she's in that educated field.
2: in that area she works with the farmers to improve the the, the soil on their farms um, she, again is another very passionate uh, water conservation person and that's what she does is she works with the, the farmers in each place I said you know there's sometimes there's a lot of conversation about who should be selected and who not
1: well I that bet. was that was I a long, that
2: was a long conversation and they said well she should be uh, a special conservation and one of the other men that was on the case said no he's Bobby's had her hands in the dirt more than half the farmers in, this, <laughs> in the state so he said no no She's going to come in as a, as a Hall of Famer, not a special person, because just because she's a woman didn't make any difference.
0: The three women that hold positions in the Arizona Farming and Ranching Hall of Fame. Now, you're probably going through the very beginning of your criteria and selection process for next year's banquet, we aren't are you?
2: We already selected.
0: Oh, you've already selected we've for already 18. Selected.
2: Yeah, we've okay. already selected. I think I sent Jennifer a a list of the of the honorees. But you don't
0: announce them before the banquet, do you?
2: No. Oh yeah, no we do. Oh you do. We get people. We get people to come. That everybody's invited. Okay. Everybody's invited, and some people come and some don't. Um, And they're an interesting they're an interesting group of people this year.
0: And I see you have the Hydens from Buckeye.
2: Hydens are here. Bruce.
0: Bruce and Helen Hyden. What what a great couple. Uh, I was fortunate <laughs> enough to to remodel their home. Is that right? And get to know them on a personal level. Just really super people. The thing, whenever I see Bruce, he always reminds. He says, "Rose, you remember the time the phone rang in my motel room at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning? You woke me up. <laughs> they had they had traveled to, I, I believe it was either Thailand, somewhere or, far. It, it was far with the with the uh, cotton yeah, growers right. association." <clears throat> And so I called the hotel because I just wanted to have some flowers and a little champagne brought up to the room. And so me and the person (laughs) on the phone couldn't understand each other. So he thought I I wanted to ring the room. (laughs) 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 Hello? Oh, hello, Bruce.
1: (laughs) Nothing worse than a 2 o'clock in the morning phone call on a vacation. What's wrong? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's the
0: thing. What's you know, your, what does your remodeler want while you're halfway across the world? Uh. You
2: know, that's that's interesting because we selected Jess Curley last year, and he just retired as the director of Supima Cotton. And people don't know there's a difference between Supima and Upland Cotton, but Supima is a superior um, long staple cotton, and it's sold um, through Jess coming on board with, with Supima. It's a leading cotton for Japan Um Indonesia, India. Um, Do I remember this, right? We're like one of the few places that grows it. Is that yeah, yeah? But there's not very many places, and you have to you have to have a license to grow it. And so, uh, just developed that 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 whole thing in the 30 years he was with Supima, and uh, I I learned a lot. That last year they had a Supima cotton fashion show in Paris because the major designers are designing that cotton. If you see something stamped with Supima, buy it, because that is a long staple, it's soft, and it will, it will
1: last forever.
0: Can we talk just for a minute as we wrap up here about your vision for the Ag and Agriculture and Education yeah. Center?
1: the Heritage yeah. Center, right?
2: Well, my vision is to see we have 30 acres that has been given to us. In Avondale. In Avondale. It's on Dysert Road. Is to have a year-round Ag Education Center. So that people can, we could have classes year-round because we have enough land to farm, even when we get all the museums built. I'd like to build, of course, the Heritage Center Museum, which is the home of the Hall of Fame with a changing exhibit, uh, a tractor museum. Because the tractors have changed a lot from oh, yeah. horse-drawn yeah. farm implement to what they have Computer. today. Computer. <laughs> computer-driven. That's, yeah. that's right. Um the conference center, because nonprofits fail because they don't have a steady stream of income. There you go. Cash cow. So we like an event center. An event center. We have, um, we, don't, we call it a barn, but it's not really a barn. It's the corrals and the, the shaded seating so that can be used year-round. And we have an ag education classroom because uh, we want people, you know, the Farm Bureau does good. And when we had school tours at Saguaro Ranch, but that's only one day. They come and they go. I would like if kids have a really good time, they could come back the next day on the next Saturday and they could have a tour, or we could have child parent ag classes in the summertime. You know, the kids could go do something and the mom could learn how to bake bread.
1: And you're, you're picturing lots of hands on <laughs> kind of things for growing and yes, handling of exactly. livestock.
2: Exactly. At Sewar Ranch, we had a two year pr- uh, partnership with the Farm Bureau. And uh, I was upstairs in my office, and the kids all of a sudden were whooping and hollering, carrying on. I looked to see what they were, what were they tearing up. Well, they had pulled their first carrots and their first <laughs> radishes, and they were washing them under the hose, and they were eating them. So I walked downstairs, Misty, Misty, look at my carrot, look at my carrot. And his mother said, I would have to beat him to get him to eat <laughs> carrots like that at home. And I said, but he didn't grow the one at home. He grew that one. She said, well, maybe I have to start learning how to grow carrots. I said, you can do that.
0: The Heritage Center at this point is still just a dream. It's a dream. We have the land.
2: We have the land, and we have—
0: We obviously uh, have it kind of master-planned in have your it, mind. We <laughs> ha- Well, it has been
2: master-planned. <laughs> okay. We ha- work with Orcutt Winslow, okay, the architects good. here Great. in town. Yes. They have master-planned the whole thing. The big—really, the really the big thing is we have somebody interested in building um, the attractors— Building and we have somebody interested yeah. in that, but it's the f- infrastructure that we have to build first for the city of Avondale before we can do anything.
1: You know, and big. that's
2: there's that's the problem. So probably but
1: funding is a big deal. Funding Hoping is money. Is, oh, a
2: <laughs> I just finished a grant and submitted it because this year to do the interviews, we're working with Awafria High School and their. Um, There are television, film, production classes, and they're going to be working with me to video, to tape these things, and then develop little segments to be shown at the Hall of Fame dinner before
1: each honor read. Well, Well, you can count on us being there.
2: (laughs) It's
0: Carol DeCosmo, the founder of Arizona Farming and Ranching Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. That's And and, uh, now I've got Volume 1 and Volume 2. Where can people
1: find that? When we you can, can go
2: on. You can go online to our website as A-Z-F-A-R-E dot org, and you can order the book online.
0: Fantastic. We'll be right back.
1: Last segment of the seven a.m. hour on Rosie on the House, where we're visiting with Carol de Cosmo, our Glendale farm girl with a passion for. Re- Preserving Arizona history of our ranchers and farmers, and Carol, we chose today because you just announced the 2018 winners, and we didn't even talk about them. So you're gonna to have to come back. But in the meantime, if people want to learn more or, or follow through and buy a book, it's org, where mm-hmm. they can go. How about if they wanted to attend that uh, event at the wigwam? Are the tickets there as well? They have to. Co- they have to make a reservation. Okay. And you, and
2: you can do that online also. Okay. You can, if you want to. Come to the dinner, you just go online
1: and, and um, you can register that way. Okay, I'll put a link on our Facebook page so people can find them and you can find all the past winners on your site and, yep. and just enjoy all this, this good heritage here. You know
0: what, Carol, Carol deserves credit for something else. Too. Tell me. These books she's published,
1: mm-hmm.
0: printed in Phoenix, Arizona at O'Neill Printing.
1: She gets the vision of Arizona, doesn't she?
0: Bound. By Roswell Bookbinders.
1: Oh, they did right. some nice work for us.
0: They did. We found who found that Bible.
1: I don't know, but we ended up with it.
0: It got shipped to us from the Midwest, a family Bible from the oh, 1800s, wow. and we gave it to Ken Roswell and said, "Is there any way you can bind this for us?" That's somebody else's home I remodeled, <laughs> the Roswells. So, <clears throat> printed and bookbound right here in Arizona.
2: That's right. We spend Arizona money in Arizona. You know, that's just. A- that's just a thing that I feel that we have to do that why why should we send something out of state to be printed and bound we have we have excellent people here I mean O'Neill's have been here hundred years and I mean they've been printing since they were you know putting it in little pieces and but it, they're just amazing people support our farmers and ranchers too yes that's right
0: that's right miss Carol thank you so much for showing up
2: thank you
1: for inviting me okay
0: we'll I have that. to get you back to talk about 2018 <laughs> all right inductees all I'm, right
1: I'm ready so should we talk about staycation for a minute or two Arizona here?
0: staycation. Sanderson Ford's got a, got a 2017 Mustang sale going on right now, baby.
1: Well, if you want to <laughs> go to staycation, you don't have to buy one.
0: No, you, you don't. No,
1: you, don't. you can go to the – if you win, you you um, put in your application at com, and we draw once a month, and you get to go to Sanderson Ford and choose a um, car off the demo lot – Depends on what they have at the time. We've had people go out in all kinds of things, Mustangs and F-150s and whatever's out there, all kind of the Edge. A
0: lot of times, winners have a particular Ford they're thinking about buying. So they call John, and they say, I want to drive this car, whether it's the Fusion or the Expedition or the Mustang or the F-150. And he says, okay, I've got one of those coming back available in this time slot. And so then you reserve that car for that time slot.
1: Yeah, and we don't have blackout dates, no? which is one of the charms of this. We have a, a current winner. Her name is Margie, and she and her husband want to celebrate his 60th uh, birthday, and they thought the staycation would be fun, and yes. they got drawn. So, um But they they were concerned they don't like crowds, so you can go during the week. We love our Mondays off because oh, yeah. there's nobody around. So she was just asking, Rosie, they love the things we do. They love camping and fishing and being out, but do the health restraints, they need something some place to stay like a nice place so we have some what What? do you think like the cabins in greer might be nice
0: (laughs) call wink send her to the x diamond diamond. put put them up in the cabin we stayed in the fisherman right there on the edge of the meadow next to the river Mm -hmm. i think that's the best cabin i I think that's the best cabin she's got quite frankly
1: yeah so there's all kinds of places we can we can help if you don't know where you want to go rosie's volunteered to help you. So she wrote you a nice long email letter here about what she wants. Yeah,
0: we we, we had a couple winners a couple months ago that were new to Arizona, and they got me on the phone and said, okay, I'm new to Arizona. Where are you going to send me? (laughs) So we we sent them on a big loop. They went all up through Navajo Canyon and Canyon de Chez and um, Antelope Canyon and Page, and they had a great time. The
1: splendor so, of Arizona, seen yeah. to the Arizona staycation.
0: And you can only win it at rosieonthehouse.com, sponsored by Sanderson Ford. Jennifer does a great job of once we find the winner, uh, we put you in touch with Sanderson Ford. You pick out your vehicle, pick out your dates. Then Jennifer goes and picks up a a, a, gift, a, card. a gift card so you can pay for all the gas. And we find out where you want to go, and we've got what are we up to? About twenty-two lodging partners across the whole state of Arizona.
1: Mm-hmm. And we have all, we have all kinds of places to suggest. The Arizona State Parks, where we have twenty-eight yeah. around the state, just all kinds of cool things that you can do. We and we also include a gift basket, so you get all kinds of goodies. Maybe it be Coyote Odie or something from Sibley's West, or or, or Sibley Candy Sink or Sphinx State, state
0: Ranch, Sink. and then we've got books that we put in there that Arizona Highways gives us. So we really set you up. And the best thing about it is it's your vacation, you get to set the dates, you get to decide where to go, and we pay for everything. An Arizona staycation at rosieonthehouse.com. It's only one way that we, it's only one thing we do to try and earn our place as every Arizona homeowner's best friend. We do the radio show every Saturday morning. To become your best friend. We filter and we screen contract providers. So the best of the best live on that same website. Rosie on So that we can become your best friend. Anything or everything having to do with your house, home, castle, or cabin. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Without first going to Rosie on It'll be your safest place to start anything and everything you're trying to get done. When we come back. We've got John J. Harper in the house. Romy and John J. will be talking their way through the outdoor living segment. 9 o'clock is open hours, and 10 o'clock is the new APS rate. Oh, boy. Hold on.